To Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. In this series, Questions I'd Like to Ask God, Rich Kallenberg shares 10 messages about God who loves you more than you can imagine. A God that wants you to understand Him. And yes, a God that welcomes your difficult questions about Himself and the way He runs His universe. Rich found freedom 18 years ago from his out-of-control life of drug addiction and alcoholism when God found him. Break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Now here's Rich on Freedom to Choose. Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. So I wonder what that word spirit would be if our third grade math is right. What does it need to be? Breath. So let's look. Ruach. Wind. Breath. A violent exhalation. Okay? Air. Blast. Breath goes back to God who gave it. In the book of Luke 23:45 we see that the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was rent in the midst and when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice he said, "Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit." And having said this, he gave up the ghost. Well, if our third grade math is right, what does that word spirit have to mean? breath. Pneuma, from which we get pneumatic, right? A current of air, that is breath, blast, or breeze. Into your hands I commend my life, my breath. Okay, now notice also it says, and having said this, he gave up the ghost. There you go. There it is, right? Well, that word for ghost is exneo. It simply means to expire. So, we have Jesus as a living being minus the breath of life equals what? Dust. So let's see. And behold. So let's look. Let's walk through it, okay? Let's walk through the death of Jesus and see what happens. And behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was a good man and a just. This man went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus as Jesus died. Yes, he begged for the body of Jesus. And he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone wherein never a man before was laid. Okay? Now, in the Jewish economy, everything was built around the seventh day. In fact, it went something like this. First day of the week, second day of the week, third day of the week, fourth day of the week, fifth day of the week, preparation day, which was in preparation for the what? Sabbath day. Everything was built around that, okay? So now Jesus has already died. They'd laid him in the tomb. Are you with me? Okay. And that day was the what? Preparation day. That is the day before the Sabbath, no? Which would be the Sixth day of the week. Is everybody with me? Right? Okay. And that day was the preparation and the Sabbath drew on. In other words, the Sabbath was coming. It was late in the day Friday. They took the body off the cross. They laid it in the sepulcher. That day was the preparation and the Sabbath 
drew near. Okay? And the women also which came with him from Galilee followed after and behold and beheld the sepulcher and how his body was laid. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Okay? Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the sepulcher. And they found the stone was rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. Which day of the week is it? First day. He's laid in the tomb on Friday. Now it's the first day of the week, and they come and he's not there. Well, let's see what happened. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And, and as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He's not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful man, be crucified and rise when? The third day. When was he laid in the tomb? Friday. When did he rise? On the first day of the week, Sunday. There's one day missing in the middle there, isn't there? Okay? First day of the... Uh, so pre preparation day, he's crucified. First day of the week, he resurrects. Now let's see what happens. John 20, 11 says, But Mary stood without the sepulcher, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. When is this? This is the first day of the week, Sunday morning. She's looking into the sepulcher. And she sees two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Why are you crying? And she said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not, not where they have laid him. John twenty fourteen. And when she had thus said this, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. You know, sometimes he's there and we don't recognize him. You ever had that happen? Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou have laid him, and I will take him away. In other words, if you put him somewhere, tell me where he is, so that I can take care of him. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned herself and, and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say master. Can you imagine? She went in, she watched him die. She watched him put him in the sepulcher. On, on the Sabbath day, they waited so that they could go anoint him in the morning. On Sunday morning, they went there and the sepulcher is empty and they think somebody has stolen his body. And now they're standing there weeping, wondering what's going on. And all of a sudden, the person she is talking to is Jesus. He's risen. What a rush. Then Jesus said unto her, Touch me not. For what? I am not yet ascended to my Father. He didn't go to heaven yet. But go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend to my Father and your Father and go to my God and your God. In other words, I, I'm going now. In other words, another 
version puts it this way. John 27 says, 20 verse 17 says, Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. Don't detain me. Don't hold me back. I have resurrected. I'm going to go see my Father. So what does that mean? But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father and to my God and your God. And I know Jesus is excited about at this point because he gets to go back and see his Father. He died preparation day. The Sabbath day he rested in the tomb. And the first day of the week he resurrected, told Mary, do not please cling to me. I have not yet ascended to my Father but I cannot hardly wait to go, so please don't detain me. Is everybody with me? In Matthew 27, 51, at the time of his death, we have another indicator of what happens. Okay? Now Jesus, of course, as he died on Friday, rested in the tomb on Saturday, rose on Sunday, Let's notice what happened to some other people. A small little group of people as an example. Because God gives us examples of things. He makes things real plain and real clear for us if we just look hard enough and read seriously, seriously enough. Okay. Now notice. In Matthew 27, 51, and, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks did rent. When did this happen? At the crucifixion of Jesus, everything broke loose. And the veil of that temple where they used to take the little lamb in to sacrifice it got ripped from top to bottom. Not bottom to top by man's hands, top to bottom by God's hands. And the graves were opened, and many of the bodies of the saints which what? Slept, came down from heaven, arose. When Jesus resurrected, he did not come down from heaven. He arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. So there was a special resurrection to put an explanation point on Christ's resurrection and to give us once again another example on what happens to a human being when he passes away. Notice in Job, Job chapter 7, verse 21, Job says, And why dost thou not pardon my transgression and take away mine iniquity? For now shall I sleep in the... Dust, there's part of our third grade math, right? Job knows where he's going. Now shall I sleep in the dust, and thou shalt seek me in the morning, but I shall not be. Why? I will be dead. I will be sleeping in the dust. Just like Jesus did that Sabbath. After saying these things, look at John 11, 11. After saying these things, now remember, we, we talked about this in our second presentation. Remember when Lazarus was sick and Mary and Martha wanted Jesus to come and Jesus kind of dilly-dallied. I don't want to use that word. He took his time and Lazarus died. Remember that? Let's pick up the story here. 
And after saying these things, this is John chapter 11, verse 11. He said to them, this is Jesus speaking, Our friend Lazarus has what? Fallen asleep. But I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll recover. In other words, if he's sick and he fell asleep, that means he's breaking his fever. He's going to be fine. But Jesus says, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Now, Jesus had spoken of his what? His death. But they thought that he meant taking a rest and sleep. Jesus then told them plainly, Lazarus has died. The King James Version says, Lazarus is dead. He says, your friend Lazarus is sleeping, but I go that I might wake him up. How did he wake him up? Jesus said, now when they got a little, little closer, Jesus said to Mary, he said, Thy brother shall rise again. I'm sorry, he said to Martha, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Has she got it right? Does she know where he's at? Does she know he's sleeping in the grave? Yes. And Jesus says, well, I'll fix that. And when he thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, Come forth, not Lazarus come down. Lazarus come forth from where? The grave. Lazarus had been dead how many days? Four days. Notice Daniel, the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. And at that time, Michael shall stand up, and many of them that do what? Sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. In other words, they're not awake right now. They're sleeping where? In the dust. Many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Now that everlasting contempt, people say, they call eternal punishment. That means the punishment goes on forever. No, it's not eternal punishing. It means that the results of the punishment are eternal. Everlasting contempt. That, everla- that shame and that everlasting contempt, the results of that are eternal. If I had died then, Job 3.13. Now, Susan sent me this one the other day. I was amazed because I didn't realize this one existed. Job chapter 3, verse 13. If I had died then, I would be at rest now. Sleeping like the kings and rulers who rebuilt ancient palaces. Now, I don't want you to notice what he goes through here. Sleeping like the kings and rulers who rebuild ancient palaces. Then I would be sleeping like princes who filled their houses with gold and silver. And he says, or sleeping like a stillborn child. Job has taken a spectrum here. From the richest, highest person that could be on the planet, all the way down to the smallest, most minuscule human being. He's encompassed humanity in this statement. And what does he say? I'll be sleeping, when I die, I'll be sleeping like these. 1 Thessalonians. So, here's the good news. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. From where? The graves. Are you with me? He's coming back to get his children. 
Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. So you get this picture of the graves opening. When Jesus comes back, the dead in Christ rise. Those that are alive get caught up together with the dead in Christ and they meet the Lord in the air. What a spectacular scene. That's not a secret rapture, folks. That's a big deal. And this is what God says about it. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Is that comforting? To know. That when someone passes away, they're simply sleeping. Waiting Jesus' return. They're not watching this planet destroy itself. Our question for tonight is, is there a party in heaven right now? Right now, what heaven is doing is working very, very hard to get you and I in. That's what they're doing right now. To think that heaven would be partying right now while this planet is in total misery defies logic and common sense. Heaven right now is employed in winning your heart. There are angels coming to and fro from heaven's throne. The Holy Spirit is answering your prayers, your cries. Every time someone dies, every time a child gets hurt, every time someone gets in a car accident, anything that happens, heaven is right there trying to mitigate the damages. They're not partying up there right now. They're worried about you and me. There are angels employed by God to help you and I get to heaven. Jesus has made some wonderful, wonderful promises. Back in the late 60s, a girl named Susan Costa was about 10 years old, and she used to go to Catholic school over in Roseville. And one, they used to do some after-school activities at Royer Park over there. And so one day they did some after-school activities, and after the activities, the parents came and started getting picking up their children, and Susan saw one by one, parents come and get their children, and she looked around, and she, the last person looked at her and said, I'm going with my mom, would you like a ride? Susa said, no, my mom will be here. And so she watched that last person drive off. And it got dark. And the monkeys started howling in the zoo there. And it got cold. And so Susan went over into the bushes, made herself a little bed and crouched down and shivered and quivered and cried because there was no one there to pick her up. And so she looked around and she saw some men over there playing tennis and she decided that wouldn't be a good idea. And finally she saw a couple women. And so she ran over to the women and she started crying and she explained her story that no one came and got her. And she lived in Lincoln Far, far away. Now, this is before cell phones. Way before cell phones. In fact, 
This was at the time when they had pay phones. And so they ran around. They, the, the people uh, took Susan, ran around town looking for a pay phone. And they finally found a pay phone and called. And they got a hold of the house. And they said, your mom has, come, has gone to pick you up. So they took Susan back to the park. And her mother came and picked her up. And the story has a happy ending, doesn't it? The point of the matter is, is here's this poor child scared to death because she's in a very nasty place all alone. People, we are children. Some of us are scared to death and we are in a nasty place. But Susan's mother came and got her. There was a delay, but she came and got her. She did what she said she was going to do. Are you with me? Jesus, Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 1. Now get this. Let not your heart be troubled. Why? Just like Susan in that park, her heart was troubled. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you and you and you and you and you and you and every one of you. He's gone to prepare that place. And notice what he says. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. In other words, he's gone. We're here. He's going to come back and get us and take us to that place he, he's prepared for us. But we're not there right now. If we die, we do. he's coming back to get us. Do you understand what he's saying? Just like Susan at the park. Jesus will come again. He will receive you. And you can go back to heaven with him. Is everybody with me? This is crystal clear. This is the greatest promise in the Bible. I will come again and receive you. What a friend we have in Jesus. He will come again. What's the only way to walk in God's presence? If you walk with Jesus. I know it's nasty to in this world. I know it's scary. I know sometimes we want to hide in the bushes. But he says, I will come again to receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I think Mary Lou is going to sing for us. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to God 
to Freedom to Choose and this series, Questions I'd Like to Ask God. If you or someone you know is living in addiction captivity and having trouble finding God, Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that God does work miracles. They've created a seven-step biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the addiction recovery workbook for yourself or someone you know, just give them a call and they'll send it to you. 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com Thank you for listening and remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.